Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Today, we are in week two of a series that we're calling Unstuck. And if you missed last week, I highly encourage you to go back and check it out. You can actually watch those messages every single week on YouTube. You can go to our YouTube channel and you can watch those messages or you can listen to them at audio podcasts, both on Apple and Spotify. And so I I encourage you, if you missed last week, go back, check it out. It really laid the foundation for this series, but kind of a cliff notes is, is that we talked about the reality that we have all been stuck. Every single one of us. At some point in our lives, in some way, all of us have been stuck. You have, I have, we all have. In fact, what I believe is that there's a good chance that you've been stuck at some point in some way over the past year and a half as we've navigated life through this pandemic. And maybe that means that you've been stuck in your, in like spiritually, maybe you've been stuck in your relationship with God, or maybe you've been stuck in loneliness, maybe you've been stuck in fear or anxiety, depression, maybe you've been stuck in the past or in past mistakes, maybe you've been stuck relationally, maybe you've been stuck financially, maybe you've been stuck in addiction. There's all these different ways that maybe over the last year and a half, or maybe even right now, that you are stuck. But the good news is, is that God never intended for you and I to live a life that is stuck, that God has more for our lives. And really, in fact, last week we learned that we all have a God-given mission to make an eternal difference in the lives of other people. And so the big idea of this series is that the best way to get unstuck is to get on mission. So if you are here and in your life that you are stuck, I'm telling you the best way to get unstuck is to get on mission. In other words, to stop making life about you and get on the mission that God has for your life. And so over the next few weeks, we're gonna take some time to be talking about some very practical ways that you can actually get on mission. And today I want to start by reading in Matthew chapter 20. We're going to read this and then we're going to pray and then dive into the text. But in Matthew chapter 20, this is kind of the, where I want to frame. Matthew chapter 20, starting in verse 20. I'm going to read about eight verses, okay? So this is what it says. It says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, that's James and John, and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want, he asked. That's Jesus talking. What is it that you want? She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. And I'll tell you why she said that in just a second. And then Jesus said, you don't know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. And Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my father. And when the 10 heard this, they were indignant with the two brothers. And Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. 
And whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so today, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, we're gonna be talking about just simply serving. We're gonna be talking about serving. And I'm gonna tell you why that one of the greatest ways to get unstuck is serving. Let's pray. God, would you speak to us today and help us get unstuck? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I got a lot to talk about today. Uh, How many of you... Just by a show of hands, like how many of you would say, I want to be great? How many of you want to be great? Just kind of put your hand up in the air and say, that's me, I want to be great. That's very good that I see that. You know, it's kind of a weird question, to be honest. It's kind of like, well, of course. Like, (laughs) I don't think anybody's like, you know what my desire in life is? To be average. I just want to be just right there in the middle of the road. Not, not, not like, like, I think there's something deep down inside of every single one of us that wants to be great. And in Matthew chapter 20, Jesus himself tells us how we can all be great. So give me, let me give you a little context, is that Jesus, right before these verses that we just read, he told his disciples, these are his closest followers, that he was going to die. So he's telling them the end of the story. He tells them like, hey, just heads up, I'm gonna be betrayed, arrested, I'm gonna die on a cross, but the good news is, is that I'm gonna raise from the dead three days later. And then two of his disciples, James and John, and their mom, see this as an opportunity. One, why is mom rolling with them? Uh, It's like, mom, (laughs) seriously, like stop it. Like, you're embarrassing me. Please stop, stop talking to Jesus. <laughs> but, but mom steps up, and she sees this as an opportunity to position her boys with Jesus. And so they begin to try to convince Jesus to give them the best places of honor in heaven. And when the other disciples hear this, they get so angry. They get mad. They're like, who do you think you are? And I think it's like kind of deep down, maybe it's like the Northeast side of them. It's like, you think you're better than me? You know, it's like, they're just like, you think you're better than me? And like, why? Like, what is going on in this? And so in their pride, what we see is that they're debating about like, who's more worthy to have the best reserved seats in heaven? So like who, like, like who, who deserves those best seats in heaven? And that's the context where Jesus finally speaks up. And in verse 26, he says, hey, whoever wants to become great, I know you wanna become great. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And Jesus says this, and here's the big idea of today, that the key to greatness is serving. That's what Jesus says in this text. He says that the key to greatness is serving. Now, we live in a world and a culture that says the key to greatness is status and stuff. That it's just like, it's as much as you can get, as much money as you can make, the best job that you can have, how high you can climb. And then Jesus just comes in and he literally drops a bomb on that thinking. And he says, being great has nothing to do with your status or stuff. Being great has everything to do with serving. And that's what Jesus says here in this text. 
And I love this quote from Martin Luther King Jr. where he brilliantly said, paraphrasing Matthew chapter 20, he says, everybody can be great because everybody can serve. Listen, church, you don't have to have certain abilities and talents to be great. You don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to have a certain personality. You don't have to have a certain degree or a certain education level. You don't have to be a certain age. You don't have to have a certain reputation. All you need to be great is a pulse. That's it. Because Jesus says that the key It's a key, if you can't see in the balcony, this is a very tiny silver key. That the key, which is a powerful illustration right now. (laughs) Online, you're all about this right now. You can see that. But Jesus says that the key to greatness is serving. He says there's a key, and, and here's what I've learned. I've learned that this key actually will unlock things in your life. That there's certain things that are locked, but when you have the key, the key to greatness, that this key will unlock things like this. That this key will actually unlock, number one, your identity. That this key, that serving, it has a way of unlocking your identity, who you are. See, Here's what I've learned, is that we often have the wrong definition of what serving is. See, we often think that serving is something that we do just for a little short amount of time, maybe something that we do at church. Maybe serving is just teaching in Queen City Kids, or it's holding a door open, or it's running a camera like some of these awesome people are doing right now. Or maybe it's serving coffee, or maybe it's playing a guitar, or helping people find a seat, or... I mean, if you're really hardcore and if you're really spiritual, it's going for a whole week on a mission trip. That is serving. See, that is serving. But listen, serving is not something that we do. Serving is who we are. It's really important to get that and to understand that. That serving is not just something that we do just for a little bit of time. No, serving is a way of life. Serving is who we are. And this is a big deal at our church. In fact, one of our 10 values, we have 10 values as a church that answer the question, what makes us uniquely us? It's kind of our DNA. And these values, we try to make everything, every decision that we do, we put through the filter of these values. And one of our values is that serving is our calling. It's not just what we do, it is who we are. And if you look all throughout the Gospels, let me tell you why that is a value. Because we're following Jesus. That's why. Because we are a group of people that make a decision that we're not following us, we're not following our feelings, we're not following culture, we are following Jesus. And if you look all throughout the Gospels, the story of Jesus, if you look all throughout that, you will see that Jesus, you will, let me put it this way, you will never see Jesus not serving. That is bad grammar, but that is good preaching. (laughs) You will never see Jesus not preaching. He's always serving people. In fact, in Philippians chapter two, verse seven, it says he, talking about Jesus, the one and only son of God, people, that Jesus, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. I think a lot of times we think 
that if we were writing that script, it would say things like, by taking the very nature of a king, or a ruler, or a celebrity, or a chut liberty. It's a church celebrity put together, okay? <laughs> but that's not what it says. See, it says that Jesus, that he chose, he chose to take the very nature of a servant. And church, look at me. That is the Jesus that we are called to follow, is a service. And so when you understand that, and when you understand that serving is who we are, not just what we do, you will serve everywhere you go. That, it hasn't, that it's not just limited to the confines of church. Yes, it involves church, but it's also serving at home. It's also serving at work, at school, at the grocery store, at restaurants, at coffee shops, at the gym. Like my good friend Escalita says, 24-7, 365. It is serving everywhere. That it's, it's cause it, cause it's not something that we, that we just do. It's who we are. Cause serving, it will unlock your identity. See, it is the key to greatness that unlocks your identity, but it also can unlock more things. See, serving is also a key that will unlock gifts. You will see that serving has a way of unlocking gifts in your life. See, in Romans chapter 12, verse six, it says this. It says, in his grace, God has given us all. And by the way, I just want you to know that this text means you. So God has given us all different gifts for doing certain things well. See, that word gift in the original Greek is this word charisma. See, it's where we get the word charismatic. And I know that that word has a little bit of baggage. But let me just tell you that that word doesn't mean like mag magnetic or dynamic, or a people person. That's not what that word means. And that word doesn't mean somebody who's crazy at church either. It doesn't mean somebody who just speaks in tongue all the time, waving flags and ribbons and anointing people with oil. Like, that's not what the word charismatic literally means. That word literally means someone who has gifts from God. And we have all been given gifts by God. So let me just break it down for you. You are charismatic. <laughs> but he's given you that charisma. He's given you those grace gifts. He's given you those gifts for a very specific reason. In fact, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, he tells us why he gives us gifts. God has given each of you a gift from a great variety of spiritual gifts. Like, yes, we all are given gifts, but here's the reason why. Use them well to serve one another. So whatever gifts that you have, God has given you those gifts to serve people. I'm telling you, there are gifts inside of you that will get unlocked when you begin to serve. In fact, there are some gifts, and I believe this with all my heart, because I've seen it over and over and over again. There are some gifts in your life that you won't even know you have them until you start to serve. And I can speak with moral authority on this bad boy because I've personally experienced it. In fact, the first time I ever preached, the first time I ever did this, I was 16 years old. 
I was a junior in high school, and it was at the church that I grew up at, and it was Sunday night church. Come on, some of you don't even know about Sunday night church. That's different than Sunday morning church. That's where you go to church, and then you come back later, and you have a whole nother round again. It's a different message, different everything. It was Sunday night church. And I only said yes because my youth pastor at the time asked me to do it. And by asking me to do it, I mean he forced me to do it. And um, (laughs) no exaggeration, I'm not exaggerating. Um, It was hands down the worst sermon of all time. It was (laughs) the worst. In the record books, it was the worst sermon of all time. Guys, I preached on water baptism. 16 years old, standing in front of the church. Let me tell you about water baptism. Let me just go ahead and go there. In three years of preaching in this church, I have never preached just exclusively on water baptism. But my first go round, let's go. Let's go there. Let's get theological. It was awful. I had 30 minutes. I used seven. I mean, like it was... I I wrote my sermon out word for word and I literally just read it. I never looked up once and my mouth got so dry. I don't know if you've ever experienced this before. I had never experienced that sensation until right in that moment. And I was like, what is happening with my body right now? Because it's like somebody took a vacuum cleaner, stuck it in my mouth and turned it on. And it was like, you know, so I'm just sitting there, 16 years old, preaching about water baptism, staring down, scared to death to look up, reading word by word, like 15 pages of notes in seven minutes that I hand wrote, hand wrote those bad boys and hand wrote those notes. And I'm just like, I mean, like, I, I could not, I could not do it. And I didn't even end right. Like, I just read, and I didn't know how to, I mean, nobody, I'd never done that before, nobody, I'd never paid attention in church up until that point, I didn't know how to end it, so I just read my notes, never looked up, and then I just kind of ended, and then I just awkwardly sat down. <laughs> the front row, my youth pastor just kind of patted me on the back, and he didn't say good job, and he was just like, just kind of just patted me, just like, okay, good job. But if you would have told me that night that I would be doing this with my life, I would have been like, you are on drugs. I mean, there is, <laughs> there is no way that I'm going to be doing this with my life. I would have said, you are absolutely insane. But something that night, as awkward as it was, as awful as it was, as dry as my mouth was, that unlocked something in me. And so for some reason, I just kept saying yes. As God would open up doors and open up opportunities, I kind of knew what I was going to step into now. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. It unlocked something in me. And over time, developed a passion and a gift. And now I get the honor and privilege of consistently communicating God's word to our church. See, I've, I've learned that saying yes to serving, like it will unlock gifts in your life. And truthfully, when I got to this part, when God was speaking to me about this, I literally could go around this room and tell story after story after story of how I've seen that over the last three years of our church. 
people that just made a decision, you know what, I'm gonna start serving. And when I start serving, all of a sudden, God just opens these gifts up inside of them. And it's like, that was always in there. And they wouldn't know until they said yes to serving. Because serving is a key to greatness that will unlock identity, gifts, and then third, it will unlock fulfillment. See, this key, it unlocks fulfillment in your life like maybe you've never experienced before. See, psychologists have a term for this. They call this transcendence. And in 1943, there's a psychologist by the name of Abraham Maslow. And he came up with what he called the five stages of human needs called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And we have this, and so what you have to understand about this list is that the higher you go, the more fulfilled you actually get. And if you look at the top, there's something called self-actualization. And in 1943, what they said is that like the, the very top of fulfillment that you can get is achieving your full potential. It's actually all about you. And like, like, if you want the most fulfillment, you, you be the best version of you that you can be in every way. But what they found is that that wasn't enough. And after a lot more research, psychologists, I'm not talking about pastors, I'm talking about psychologists, they learned that there was more to life than just being the best version of you. And 30 years later, they actually released Maslow's new hierarchy of needs. And it was the same exact list, the same five, but with one added at the very top, and that was called self-transcendence. And here's the literal definition of that. It means just giving yourself to something beyond yourself. In other words, that true and lasting fulfillment is found when your life is not about you. See, true and lasting fulfillment isn't found in finally getting the dream job or marrying your dream guy or girl or having kids finally or building that house you always wanted or getting the kids out of the house or going on great vacations or your team finally winning the Super Bowl. Like all those things are great. All those things are great. There's nothing wrong with those things, but that's not where you experience true, lasting fulfillment. In Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, it says, but we, all of us, that we are God's handiwork. Another translation says the word masterpiece. And we are created in Christ Jesus to make money? No. Is it to, is it to accumulate stuff? to get fame and to get status. It says, no, we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Not just to think about good works, not just to pray about good works, but to do good works, which God, get this, that he prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, that there are good works that God himself prepared just for you. And if you don't do them, get this, the world is missing out. Because it's designed just for you. It's not designed for anybody else. Like God uniquely made you to do things, but like specific things. He made you in a way to do that. And that's why biblically and scientifically, 
I believe with all my heart that the ultimate purpose of my life and your life is to make a difference in the lives of other people. I believe that that's what God put us on planet Earth to do. In fact, there's this quote from Rabbi Harold Kushner that says, our souls are not hungry for fame, comfort, wealth, or power. Those rewards create as many problems as they solve. Our souls are hungry for meaning, for the sense that we have figured out how to live so that our lives matter, so that the world will be at least a little bit different for our having passed through it. And I'm telling you, serving is one of the best ways to experience that. So practically, so practically, Let me just be a pastor in your life and challenge you with something. Here's my challenge for every single one of you today, whether you're watching online or you're right here in the room at Memorial Hall, I challenge you to find a consistent place for you to serve. That's my challenge. If you want a practical step out of this, my practical so what step is that I challenge you to find a consistent place where you can serve, whether that's here, whether that's at another church or whether that's somewhere in the community. But I do wanna extend a personal invitation for you to serve here at our church, at Queen City Church, to be a part of what we call the Dream Team. And Dream Team is just a team of people that are living out their dream on, and it's, it's people that serve at our church. It's what we call it, dream team. And inside of the worship guide that you were given is this piece of paper. We had it made just specifically for today. And it says, want to serve at Queen City Church, here's how. And it goes step by step of how you can serve within our church and get on the dream team. And we've tried to make it as easy and as clear as possible. And I just want you to know that everything, if you see number one, is that everything starts with Grow Track. And today, is step one, just like Tiffany already explained, and I will personally be doing teaching text uh, step one today at 1 p.m. I I encourage, if you've never done that, it's it's number one. It is your first step. If you want a tangible next step from this message, that's where everything starts. And if you've never served, I just want to encourage you, join the team. Join the team. Start today. That I promise you our dream team will be better with you on it. Or maybe... Maybe you're here and you used to serve and you used to be on a team, but for whatever reason that you stopped and it kind of feels like, you know, like when you go to the gym and then you stop and it's really hard to start back and maybe it's that, I invite you, I invite you, I personally invite you. Listen, there there is no shame. There's no guilt. We understand that we've all go through seasons where maybe we gotta press pause a little bit, but I wanna encourage you to press unpause today, to come back. And like, I promise you, our dream team is better with you on it. In fact, our dream team, can I get a good amen from that? Yeah. And listen, I know hearing this, like sitting in your seat, I know that this can, I know that this can come across like pretty self-serving. I recognize that. I recognize that it can sound self-serving. Like, hey, come serve at the church. Your life will be better. Like, I get it. I get it. Like, it's like, yeah, like, but your life is going to be better too. Like, (laughs) full integrity in my heart. I'm not doing this for me. 
doing this for you. See, I believe with all my heart that your life will be better and that you'll reach a level of fulfillment. Not, not just in serving at this church. It's a tangible way you can walk this out. But just serving. So whether that's at another church, great, go do that. If you have another church that you call your church home, awesome, serve. If it's somewhere connected in the community, whatever that is, I'm telling you, I'm not doing this for me, I'm doing it for you. Because I believe your life will be better. And if you've been stuck, one of the best ways to get unstuck and to get on mission is serving. Why? Because serving is the key to greatness that will unlock identity, gifts, and fulfillment in your life like never before. Now, before we end, um, I wanna go back to Matthew chapter 20, where we all started. And as we end, I wanna go back to Matthew chapter 20. And one of the many things that I love about Jesus is that he never asks us to do something that he hasn't already done or something that he's not willing to do himself. And what you'll see is if you read through this and if you read through the gospels, you will see that he always leads by example, even in this area. In fact, in verse 28, he goes on to say that for even the son of man, he came not to be served, even though that's exactly what he deserved. But he did not come not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. And you'll see all types of examples if you read through the story of Jesus of him serving. But one of the best examples of this is in John chapter 13, when Jesus, when he washes his disciples' feet. And this was a job that sounds as gross as it sounds. And this was a job that was only reserved for slaves. Because I don't know if you know this, but feet are nasty. <laughs> Especially guy feet. Like dude feet is nasty. It just is. Like my feet are gross. My wife, she told me earlier, she was like, you know what, babe, I love everything about you. I love you from the top of your head to the bottom of your ankles. I just love you. <laughs> With all my heart. She didn't say that. Um, But if you read John chapter 13, you see that Jesus, that he grabs a towel and he gets on his hands and knees and he washes the people that were following him. And he washes their dirty, disgusting feet. But here's what we have to understand today. Get this, that wasn't even his greatest example of serving. Because my sin and my shame are way worse than my feet. And the Bible says that his greatest example of serving was when he went to the cross to pay and to take care of and to clean up my sin and my shame, something that I could never do myself just for the chance so that you and I could have a relationship with him and restored relationship with him. Never forget, church, that it was an act of service that saved us and gave us life. And now, and now, our response to that, like we don't serve 
to get something from God or to pay him back. No, we serve as a response to what God has already done for us. See, we serve because he first served us. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Before we end, I want you to just right here, right now, before we end for the day and before we go about our Sunday, I want you to take just a moment and will you just pray this in your heart? Will you just pray this to God and say, God, what are you saying to me today? Ask him, God, what are you speaking to me? Maybe ask him this, like, what does my response need to be to this message? Maybe ask him for a next step. And maybe today the Holy Spirit is knocking on your heart and you need to start serving. You need to start the process. Maybe a tangible step for you is to go to step one of Grow Track today. And we tried to make it as easy as possible. We're gonna feed you, take care of your kids, whatever is needed. Maybe that is the step that you need to take today. Or maybe you've been on the sidelines. Maybe you were serving, but now you're not. And you need to get back to serving, to get off the sidelines and get into the game. And maybe you're here and maybe for you, before you serve, before you do anything, you need to receive something. Maybe you're here and, and, and you don't have a relationship with God. You never said yes to Jesus. See, before you serve, everything starts there. Or maybe you have in the past, but today you need a fresh start. And we wanna give you the opportunity to make what we believe is the most important decision of your life, the decision to follow Jesus, to receive grace. And we're not gonna point you out or not gonna make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. But I just wanna lead you in a simple, powerful prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer, if you need to get right with God today, and today you need to start or you need to restart your relationship with him, before you serve, before you do anything like that, you need to get right with God and you need to receive his love, receive his grace, receive his forgiveness. If that's you and you know that is your step today, that's what God is speaking to you right now. I'm gonna ask you on the count of three to boldly put your hand up in the air with nobody looking around, just as an act, a sign of surrender before God saying, I'm putting my hand up to receive grace, to receive what Jesus already paid for, the greatest act of service. So if you're here and that's you and you know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand boldly on the count of three. One, two, three, I got you. I got you. I got you. It's awesome. It's awesome. Anybody else? It's awesome. I want you to put your hand down and just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. I repent. I change my mind and I change my direction. Will you come live inside me? and change me when you make me brand new. I surrender my whole life to you. I give you my life. And Jesus, today, I receive your grace. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. And today, I choose to receive you as my Savior and as my Lord. 
And today, I choose to follow you, not just for today, not just for this week, not just for this month or this year, but for the rest of my life, I follow you. And we thank you so much for Jesus. And it's through the mighty, powerful, awesome name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, church, can you clap your hands and celebrate with all those that just made that decision? That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People. 